Hosanna. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are thankful for the presence of God? Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to share some things with you tonight. I, I am so happy. I am so stoked and excited about the way y'all responded, especially last week, like just about this little book. And people started ordering them right here afterwards for 40, 30, 40 cents on Amazon. Great Confessions by Don Gossett. And I shared some things last week and people just really got stirred up. I'm going to go deeper about some things. And I've had this book since 1977, 1978 when it came out. And uh, it's real old. I've got a lot of personal notes. And one of the things I had in the back cover was this scripture here that says, Listen, consent and submit to the words of the wise. And apply your mind to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them in your mind, believing them, and your lips will be accustomed to confessing them. We're talking about divine confession. And, and, and I just want to share the scriptures. I had it in the back, and I want to get into some details. I'm, I'm going to open up uh, some areas of my life and how God used this book and some scriptures to, to, to bring me into another area. Because what I want to share with you is that Many of us are born with different temperaments. And my temperament is one of being a servant, being one behind the scenes. I'm, I'm happy being behind the scenes. One reason I was chosen in Argentina was because uh, I didn't have to have a microphone. I was selling this evangelist uh, singing tapes and cassettes. And since the missionaries saw how faithful I was in that, they said, well, we want you. And they didn't accept the others, but they wanted me because I can be happy behind the scenes. But also with temperaments, you get the weaknesses. And with the temperament that I have, it's easy to stay behind the scenes, not only because you have a heart to serve, but also the fear of rejection, the fear of not pleasing man, uh, shyness, uh, insecurity. And so when God calls you to do something, he calls you where you're weak so that he can be made to be revealed strong. And even though I've been in the ministry since 81, it's always been him and never me. But I had to take like this scripture and consent, submit, and listen to the words of his wisdom and apply my mind. Because the Bible says we are renewed into his image by the word of God. And so I don't have to live according to what the book says my temperament is. I live according to his book of what I'm supposed to be according to his will. And so I don't, you don't have to accept you don't have to accept insecurities and rejections and, and fear of, of or accept what the books say you are or somebody titles you to be or your addictions may be. You can renew yourself after the image of, of the Lord himself. And it says here, for it will be pleasant if you keep them in your mind. You've got to keep them over in your mind. Joshua 1, these words should not depart from before your eyes day and night. Your lips will be accustomed to confessing them. And uh, in John chapter 1, I wanted to read that to you. In John chapter 1, very important scripture here. And it says in the message translation, the word was first. I love the message. The word was first. The thing in our lives, it should still be, the word should be first. The word present to God. God present to the word. It's amazing that 
uses this to speak of Jesus as the word. But Jesus is still the word. He was made the word. The word was made flesh in Christ. But it, it reveals him here as the word. And I found this interesting in John. It says the word was first. It should still be first. The word present to God and God present to the word. When you're beholding his word, you become formed after his image. His word starts working on the weaknesses. It starts working on the sicknesses. It starts working on the insecurities. It starts working on the fears. It starts working on the poverty. It starts working on the debt. It starts working on the mindset. Because you are to be present with the word. And the word is to be present with you. And the word was God. The word is God. And it goes on to say, it talks about what the word did and everything. And then verse 14 it says, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. How many of you know that Jesus lives in your heart and the word has moved in your heart? We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, the father, like the son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. And so you take the word of God and you're renewed after the image of God. And for example, one of the things that God had me do with this book was because of being raised in, in deep poverty and a pastor's son. And uh, when my dad was with the Southern Baptist, he was considered the Southern Baptist missionary because we, we worked on the levee there on the Chafalaya Basin. And my dad's main church was in Lauraville. And on day of catechism, I was the only Protestant kid in, in our class and other classes. And many times, everybody would go to catechism at 10 o'clock, and I'd be the only kid there, so the teacher made me go clean the erasers, and I'd be sitting down by myself, and the teacher say, just do whatever you want to do, draw, whatever, because I was the only non-Catholic kid in fifth and sixth grade. And because of that, there was a lot of persecution. We had things thrown through our windows, windshields busted. Uh, sometimes six kids would hold me down and others would throw balls at me, saying a priest shouldn't have any kids. Your dad is a sinning priest, so we need to punish you. And so I was raised in that type of thing. And so there was, you know, utilities being turned off at poverty. Maybe some of you, I'm opening up tonight so some of you can identify that that's kind of like the childhood I had. See, my mom break down because they were cutting off the utilities again. People bringing us food and the rats and roaches getting to it before we got home to find it on the steps. That was the type of the environment. And then all of a sudden God says, I'm going to use you to preach the gospel around the country. No, not me. And so I got this book back in 77, 78, about sixth or seventh grade. And, and I got a hold of this. And, and if you could see, you know, it's, I got it all underlined and I started writing to the devil in it and everything else. But I wrote, this is what I underline and I wrote marks. Everything God creates is good. Therefore, do not run yourself down because your life is in Christ. He made you and you are what he has made you to be, a new creature. Do not belittle yourself for you are now in Christ and in him you have been granted new life. The old life is gone. You are a citizen of a new kingdom. Your citizenship is in heaven. You're created by God and you're his own workmanship. Now you got to understand, I read this every day, every day, every day. He is now working within you to achieve his own purpose. He's building you up and making you strong in faith. How is he doing it? By his own word. Not only are you a new creature in Christ, but you have also been made righteous in him. For you have been, he, has been, he made him to be sin for you who knew no sin, that we might become the righteous of God in him. What does it mean to be righteous? It means that you possess the divine ability to stand in God's holy presence without any sense of unworthiness. 
It means that God has made you righteous in his own righteousness. So now you're completing him and you can be free from any inferior complex that once held you captive. You are redeemed from the kingdom of darkness and have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Once Satan was your Lord and master, then Jesus came into your life and gave you a new life. You are now in the great kingdom where he reigns as Lord of lords and king of kings. And he invites you to join him and reign with him. And I wrote, devil, you hear this? Devil, you hear this? Yes, I am now redeemed and sin has no dominion over me. In the old kingdom of darkness, I lived under the sway of sickness, fear, poverty, and failure. But now through the blood of Jesus, I have been set free. I can boldly say goodbye sickness, goodbye fear, goodbye lack, goodbye weakness. I am free. Now I live in a new kingdom, in a heavenly kingdom where there is life, light, liberty, joy, peace, health, assurance, blessing, power. What a redemption, redemption is mine and what a redeemer I have. I am an heir of God and a joint heir of Jesus Christ. I have a rich inheritance and blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Father loves me as he loved Jesus. He loves me with everlasting love and his love is heaven's best. Jesus said he is the vine, I'm the branch. That is how closely I am linked with him. He is a living vine and I am a branch to the vine. This same life, joy, peace, power, wisdom, and ability that flows from the divine branch now divines to, flows to me. Whatever, wherever I go, whatever I do, the vine life flows through me. The life of God is in my mortal body right now. It is not just for when I get to heaven, but right now. My spirit has been quickened by the power of God, made alive in him. And now I live and move and have my being in Christ. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. And I am who God says I am. And then I wrote in my, my own writing here, I'm a child of God and devil. You have to keep your stinking hands off of me in the name of Jesus. That's what I wrote. Your stinking hands off of me. And you see, you start reading this every day. And, and one of the ways, the only way I can explain it is that the book of Zechariah, and I might teach this one day, the, in the book of Zechariah, it speaks about the spirit of wisdom and might. And the spirit of might is what came upon Elisha to Elijah to where he was able to outrun the king's best horses and chariots. When you get into the word of God and you see that God is with his word and you are with his word, and, and, and just keep that scripture up there, uh, brother, if you want to, and, and you're, you're, you're bringing your mind back to those thoughts and you're speaking those words, my words will not depart from your heart nor from your mouth. It will build you up. Every time you start getting to this word, the spirit of might will come upon you that will make you stronger instead of weaker. It will make you able to run past and beyond where you were before. It will cause you to be more in his likeness than you were before. It will give you such an unction. It will give you such a new fresh breath. It will give you such wisdom and knowledge and joy and peace. It will cause everything you read to be a part of your life and every cell will suck up that living life from the word of God and it will cause the things you were not able to to be able to do and it will cause you walk in a new area and instead of walking inferior to the enemy or to man you'll walk knowing that God has called you you are in the righteousness of God and your past does not detect your future so you have to keep your mind believing these things and your lips to be accustomed that I am the head and not the tail I'm above and not beneath and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and that's what happens when you start getting into the word of God and he just infuses you with his power and one of the things that God gave me 
that I have written down that I read quite often even before coming up on, on Sunday morning is Je- Jeremiah chapter 1. Listen to this. Look what it says here. Verse 4 says, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And how many know he knows every one of you before you were formed in your mother's womb? Before you were born, I set you apart. Every one of you are in here tonight, a born again child of the most high living God. Because God set you apart even before you were born. He called you and had a plan for you that he wrote about you from the beginning of time. And he says, I've appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I'm not asking you what your temperament is. I'm not asking you what your childhood was like. I'm not interviewing you. I'm choosing you. I'm not interviewing you. I've chose you. I'm not asking, yes, thank God. I'm not asking someone's, I'm not asking other people to write a letter of who you are. I'm not asking other people's opinion about putting you where I'm putting you. I am God and I put whoever I choose, wherever I choose, because this is my earth, this is my kingdom, this is my will, not man's. So he says, I've appointed you. Oh, sovereign Lord, look at this. Here's here's Jeremiah responding, and I said this, and that's why God gave me this. Oh, sovereign Lord, verse 6. I can't speak for you. I can't speak. I'm too young. Moses said that, and God wanted to slap him. Jeremiah said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. I used to say that, 17, 18 years old. I'm just a kid. Who's going to listen to me? Verse 7, the Lord replied, don't say. Somebody shout out, don't say. God started dealing with Jeremiah about his words. Don't say, I'm too young. Don't say, I'm too immature. Don't say, I'm too poor. Don't say, I'm too unlearned. Don't say, I've been too bad. Don't say, I could never do anything for God. Don't say, I would never see that happen. Don't say, God doesn't answer my prayers. Don't say, I'll never get over this addiction. Don't say, I'll never be better than that. Don't say, I can never overcome that. Don't say, I'll never see a change in my life. Don't don't you say anything contrary to the word of God. Remember the word of God and confess the word of God. Confess the word of God over you. Don't say I'm too young, for you will go wherever I send you, and whatever I tell you to say, you better say it. And don't be afraid of the people. I will be with you, and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out, and guess of all the things God touched, what did he touch? He touched his mouth. Somebody shout out mouth. Mouth. And then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look. I have put my words in your mouth. Right there, verse 9. Look, look, look. Look, perceive, understand, get acquainted with, and acknowledge that I've put my words in your mouth. Today I point you to stand up against nations and kingdoms, Some you must uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, and others you must build up and plant, for I am the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And you see, I'm not just trying to talk about my situation. I'm talking about everyone's life. 
that if you wanted to change the word that created everything that exists is still the word that continues to create everything that can be. He says, listen, consent, submit to my words. You, Lord, your word says by your stripes I am healed, then that's all I need to know. Your word says that you're the God who supplies all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, then that's what I need to know. Apply your mind to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them in your mind. It talks about the mind there. You've got to keep the word of God in your mind, believing them, and your lips will be accustomed to confessing them. Confessing them. Confession, agreeing with God. Going along with God, saying what God has to say in his word. And then in the back of the book, it gives a bold challenge. And we used to have these in Spanish. And we gave these to, this to the little lady in Mexico who got healed of cancer. And she put these all over her house. And it's just little simple things. And, and it's in this book. And you can look it up on the web too. And we can make photocopies. But it gives you an example. It's a challenge. Never again will I confess defeat. Because the 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, God always causes me to triumph. In Christ Jesus. Never again should I confess bondage. For 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Never again should I confess sickness. For Isaiah 53.5 says, By his stripes we were healed. And Matthew 8.17, He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Never again should I confess fear. For 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Never again should I confess I can't. For Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Never again should I confess doubt, lack of faith. Romans 12.3 says, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Never again will I confess weakness. For Psalms 27.1 says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Never again will I confess Satan's supremacy over my life. For 1 John 4.4 4 says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Never again will I confess a lack of wisdom, for 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto us wisdom. Never again will I confess feelings of guilt, for Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Never again will I confess worry, for 1 Peter 5.7 says, Cast all your cares upon the Lord, because he cares for you. Never again will I confess discontentment, for Philippians 4.11 says, For I've learned whatsoever state I am to be content. Never again will I confess loneliness for Jesus said in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you or forsake you. Never again will I confess fear of the future. Because 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says, I have not seen nor ear has heard, neither has entered to the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. Never again will I confess the inability to conquer sin in my life. For Romans 8, 2 says, for the law of the spirit of Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Never again will I confess frustration. For Isaiah 26, 3 says, That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Never again will I confess confusion. For 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion but of peace. And never again will I confess failure. Because Romans 8, 37, Nay, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him who has given his life for me. Can I hear an amen? These words will change you. I wrote down on that scripture, I wrote down, I am not moved by what I see or by what I feel. I am moved only by what I believe. Victory is mine. I have it now. I can see it through the eyes of faith. 
It's beholding the word that transformed you to behold God. And, and these are just some things I wanted to share with you about making the word real in your own life and, and, and allowing it to be first place in your life and, and, and changing your heart and your mind, attitude about yourself, attitude about your circumstance. Because how many of you know attitude has a lot to do with everything? And if I can have a positive, and it's just not, this is just not mind over matter stuff. This is the word that the Bible says the word is alive. And so I'm not memorizing a bunch of mind over matter stuff. I'm not becoming Mr. Positive. I'm becoming Mr. and Mrs. Word. And putting the word in your heart, it's amazing. Jesus said that the spirit is with you so that when you don't know what to say, the spirit will remind you of what you're to say. But also thank God for a printed page and for confessions and for the word so you can go back and you can have these scriptures that you can say when you get up in the morning and you eat this as breakfast and you take a hold of it and you go to bed with it with you at night. You take it to work and you keep the word, word going before you day and night, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but you invest 30 cents in a book like this and you get you some different translations or you look some and Google some things up and the areas you feel your weakest, you write down all the scriptures you can. You make your own in index of the areas where you're battling and you get a hold of that word because if we have time I'm going to get to Satan's sword which is words and God's sword which is words Proverbs teaches us about that and we can allow we can take Satan's sword and do this to what God has planned or we can take God's sword and do that to the enemy and overcome are you getting me tonight so I want you to hear some things that I want to share with you. And time's already going by. I want to read in Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12. I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles. And once again, thank you for missing the voice of American Idol. For something that would do you some good. Amen. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 33. The New Living Translation says, a tree is identified by its fruit. And you know that we studied last week that it's identified by its words. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If the tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Jesus said in verse 14, you're a bunch of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart, whatever is in your heart, this is the Greek right here. Whatever you have in overflow is going to come out. The abundance of your heart, as the King James says. In other words, what you have an abundance of is going to come out. If there's a bunch abundance of curse words, guess what's going to come out? If there's a bunch of positivity, guess what's going to come out? If there's scriptures, guess what's going to come out? If you're only going to church on Sunday, you're not reading the word every day, then whatever you hear at work is going to come out. Whatever you hear on TV is going to come out. Whatever the doctor says is going to come out. Whatever the news says is going to come out. But if you stay in a diet of the word of God, guess what you're going to be full of and have overflow of the word of God? A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either condemn you or acquit you. I mean, that's some serious stuff, amen? And, and, and uh, words express what we believe. Romans 10, 9 and 10, we're saved by the confession of our mouth. And so we see here, the King James says, we are justified by our words or we are condemned by our words. That's what the King James Bible says. Now, on page 9 in this little book, 
I just want to read what, what it says here about justification of the words. Listen to these examples. And, and, and uh, I want you to hear this. By your words, you're, you're justified or condemned. Jesus said that in Matthew 12, 37. So here's an example. You are justified when you say God's, when you say as God's word says, as far as the east from the west, so far has my sins been removed from me. Psalms 103, verse 12. But you are condemned if you say, I'm suffering because of the sins of my youth. You see the difference there? Just, just, just that one point, look how real that comes. I'm justified when I say he has thrown my sins as far as the east is from the west because I'm quoting the word of God in Psalms 103. But out of my emotions, I say, God's just punishing me. My kids are doing this because of what I did as a child and I'm just suffering or I can't keep a job because of this or, or whatever the situation may be. He says, you're condemned by speaking your words. You're justified by speaking mine. Listen to this. You're justified when you say, as God's word says, Psalms 91 verse 10, there shall no evil before you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. You're condemned if you say, I'm afraid and I never feel safe. You're justified when you say, as God's word says, in John, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're condemned when you say, the devil's just too much for me. I can't overcome this. He says you're condemned when you give praise to the devil when you should be agreeing with the word of God. You're justified when you say what God's word says in Mark 16, 18, they shall lay hands on me and they shall recover. You're condemned when you say I'm getting worse and I'll never get better. You're justified when you say as God's word says in Psalms 91, 16, with long life will I satisfy him, but you're condemned when you say I'm going to die and I want to die young. You're justified when you say, as God's word says, bless the Lord on my soul who healeth all of my diseases. You're condemned when you say, I just cannot receive my healing. You're justified when you say, God's word says, for I will restore health unto you, Jeremiah 30, verse 6, 17. But you're condemned when you say, I just, keep, I just keep praying, but I never seem to get any better. You're justified when you say what God's word says, Isaiah 58, 8, thine health will spring forth speedily. Now, listen, this is one of my favorites. You need to write this down, Isaiah 58, 8. Your health will, your healing will spring forth speedily. How many want to get healed faster than normal? Can I hear an amen? If you can believe in Superman, you can believe in this scripture. Amen? That the healing is going to come faster than normal. Quick recovery. But you're condemned when you say, I just guess I'll never enjoy divine health. I'll never know what it's like to feel healthy again. You're condemned when you say, my life is just not pleasant. But you're blessed and justified when you say, happy is him that condemneth not himself in the things which he alloweth. Romans 4, 14, uh, 22. And then there's just all these other type of examples that you can get, get out of a book like this. And just getting in the word of God and letting it stir you up. And as you're speaking it, as the spirit of might will come upon you. Because listen, it's not by our natural might, nor by our power, but by the spirit of God. And the spirit of God comes on the word. Remember when Elijah offered the sacrifice, he poured all the water upon that altar and he put the sacrifice and he prepared it, but it was God that set the fire? God sends the fire to your sacrifice when you speak his word. When you speak his word, God responds to somebody speaking his word. God does not respond to negativity or doubt or hopelessness. God responds to faith. And we, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And this is an area that I believe that God wants us to get, get rich in. He, it's an area that he wants us to grow in, especially as we, how many of you know, we know we're living in the last days. How many of you know that? 
I mean, all the signs are there. How are we going to survive? Yes, thank God for gas mask and, and, and a lot of bullets and, and, and some uh, uh, styrofoam food and everything else, duct tape. That may be all good. And, you know, you know, there might be some that survive. But isn't it something that when God was with his people, the people survived? We read story after story after story. And this is something we read about the Israelites came out of Egypt. And it talks about those who had a bad report. And they died in the land. And there were two with a new rising generation that had a good report. And they entered into the promise, into the land. God wants us to have a word checkup and heal our tongue so our lives can be healed. Our, our, our mind can be healed and we can go forward in the things that God wants for us. Amen. Amen. So there's, those are the benefits of blessings. And um, we only have a few more minutes. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I'm just going to give you an example about words. Are you getting something out of this tonight? Good, 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 good. Deuteronomy chapter 30. This, I'm telling you, this is, this is a key so important. The Bible, Jesus talked about the keys of binding and loosing, but he also talked about the key of knowledge. And that's what you're listening to. That's what you're operating in and growing in is a key of knowledge. Not knowledge of what I've always known, but knowledge, new knowledge, and being refreshed in our minds about what God wants to show us. And Deuteronomy, I have here in the Amplified Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I call heaven and earth as witnesses this day. Jump up to verse 9. Look at this, 9. And the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in every work of your hand. How many want to receive that? Well, are you confessing it every day? As you get up, how about opening up to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 9. I mean, you open up to the news, why not open, and you open up the newspaper, why not open up the word? And every day, here you go. The Lord my God will make me abundantly prosperous in all the work of my hand. And the fruit of your body, there you go, your body, cattle and your land, for good. Somebody shout out for good. And the Lord again, and the Lord will again delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers, my father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 10, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book, if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your being, then he says, I'll give you these blessings. But verse 19, it says, I will call heaven and earth to witness this day against you, and I will set up before you life and death, blessings and curses. Those choose life, and you and your descendants may live. And it talks about, it says, and, and, and may love the Lord your God, obey his voice, and cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord your God swore to give your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it talks here about choosing blessings. It talks about choosing blessings or cursing. It talks about choosing good or bad. How do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at, look at, verse, uh, look at verse 14. Same chapter, Deuteronomy 30. Look at verse 14. Look at this. I want you to look at it. Here it is, same chapter where it talks about choosing blessing or curses. What did it say? Verse 14. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your mind and in your heart, so you can do it. 
I always thought I'm choosing blessing and cursing by, by obeying. He says, your words open the door of where you want to go. Amen. Right here, in blessing and cursing, he says, oh, you, you, the, ble- the words of blessing is even in your heart, overflow of your heart, and your mouth, that is the words of blessing. Or the words of cursing is in your mouth. Or the word of death is in your mouth. Or the word of life is in your, de- in your mouth. You choose by choosing your words. But the word is very near you in your mouth, in your heart, in your mind. So you can do it. See, I've set before you this day life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord which he gave you and, and obey his ordinances, then he will bless you in the land which you're to possess. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 11... Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. Deuteronomy 11, verse 18. Look at this. Therefore, you shall lay up my words, and it's capital M there. This is so important, saints. You will lay up my words in your minds and your hearts, and in your entire being, And bind them for a sign upon your hands and foreheads, bands between your eyes. It says, you shall lay up my words. You lay up the word of God by meditating and by confessing them. Laying the words up. He says, you'll lay them up, my words, in your minds and hearts and your entire being. And bind bind them as a sign before you. It goes on to say, And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you rise up. And you shall write them upon the doorpost of your house and your gates. How many are thankful for Christian pictures to hang on you all and stencil work and everything? Amen. Look what he goes on to say. He says, okay, you'll lay these words up. Verse 21. That your days and the days of your children, thank God he put your children in there, may be multiplied by the land which the Lord your God swore that he will give you. Verse 22. For if you diligently keep all this commandment which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all of his ways and cleave to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you and shall dispossess the nations that are greater and even mightier than you. Don't worry about the Goliaths. I am mightier than them, the Lord says. And it goes on to say, In every place where the sole of your foot shall tread, tread shall be yours. And he tells them all the places that shall be his. Then no man will be able to stand before you. The Lord your God shall lay fear and dread on you upon the land. And you shall tread as the Lord has said in verse 26. Behold, I set before you this day blessing or a curse. And that's as far as we can get tonight. But I I want you to see this about the importance of just getting a hold of the word of God. Because it will change your life in every area. Set it before you. And God, even in the Old Testament, he was trying to tell him, speak my word. Get full of my word. Believe my word. Act upon my word. And it will be your GPS to the, where you need to go. It will be the door that opens so that the blessings can flow. And, and we're hearing these scriptures and we're hearing the word of God. And we're getting wisdom about being careful what we say. Because I thank God I did not have parents who called me, who I did not grow up having parents calling me stupid and ignorant and one who is not ever able to live. Thank God my parents spoke good to me. But people who were spoken that way, many of them would tell you that, you know, all I ever heard my dad telling me I was a loser. And I grew up thinking I was a loser, so I went ahead and just quit school when I was 15 and, you know, just done mistakes ever since then. 
because someone spoke the wrong words over an, over an innocent heart. And when you've been made new in Christ Jesus, God wants to speak his words into you. And he wants you to change whatever you have ever thought about yourself, whatever anything anybody has ever thought or said about you. Your heavenly father has the power to change you inside out through the power of his words. Isn't that good news? Glory be to God. You want to stand? We're going to dismiss. Don't forget we have the prayer groups ready to pray with you. And don't forget, if you want to, you get that Don Gossett book, 30, 40 cents. What an investment cheaper than a Coke. And it changed your entire life. But you got to get it. Not to say, look all the books I got on my shelf. You got to use those books. You got to study those books. You got to mark them. You got to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You got to prophesy over yourself. You got to prophesy over yourself. You have to let the Spirit of God lead you what to say over yourself. And your life will change. God's guarantee. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we praise you for your living written word, your logos. But we thank you for taking your written word, the logos, and making it the rhema, which is the revealed word of God. Lord, I praise you that, Lord, each and every one here, where we're coming to a new level where we have been faithful in reading the written word, but now we're ready to walk in the revealed word of God for our lives for our children's lives, for our marriages, for our businesses, for whatever that we're, we're getting ready to put our hand to. Heavenly Father, I pray your word over each and every one. May everything they touch, may it prosper. May things change by your word. You said you sent your word and you delivered them. You sent your word and you healed them. The powers in your word. David said, I've learned to hide your word in my heart that, that I may flee youthful lust. I've learned to hide the word of God in my heart. That it would be a light to my pathway. I've learned to hide the word of God in my heart. So it can lead me into the right paths. And fill me with wisdom, knowledge, and common sense. I've, I've heeded your word. And it's kept me. Therefore I've chose blessing. And I live a blessed life. Lord I just ask you to bless each and every one. And may we get the determination. May we get the zeal of your word. That Jesus said it was written. And defeated the enemy every time. May we walk in that that area, leaving here tonight, as Christ lived by the bread, he considered that the bread, the word was like the bread. We cannot live without the bread. It's our substance. May we live here tonight with a heart to be able to say to Satan and to the things that attack us, it is written. I agree with God and that overrules all nature and all natural. I agree with the word of God. Therefore, what the words of man and Satan would try to speak has, is annulled and has no power because I stand in conforming to the word of God. Lord, I praise you for this. Thank you for blessing us with this revelation, enlightening our eyes to understand and comprehend. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you, church. So glad y'all came tonight. Aren't you glad you missed Adam Levine for the Holy Spirit? Isn't the Holy Spirit that much better? Amen. Listen, I love you. God bless you. Don't forget men's meeting Friday night, and we'll be here Sunday morning. Got an exciting time Sunday morning. So God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
Strength to 